You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. This podcast is proudly sponsored by WeatherCall Services. Don't be caught off guard by severe weather. Choose WeatherCall. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Across the Sky podcast. I'm Kirsten Lang in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and today I'm joined by my colleagues Sean Sublett in Richmond, Virginia, and Joe Martucci in Atlantic City. And Matt Holliner is off this week, but we are bringing on a special guest. His name is Mike Witcher, and Mike uh, has been kind of doing what a lot, I would say, maybe some meteorologists are doing. It's kind of stepping back from the traditional mold and starting something a little bit new with broadcasting and with getting weather information out there to the public. And so it was really nice to sit down with him and kind of get um, firsthand what that looks like when you do decide to kind of make that jump from TV to something all digital, just completely different. Because I know that it happens. There's a lot of people that have been doing it. Uh, We're all digital here. And it's kind of this thing that's evolving. And so it's this evolving meteorologist as we've been talking about. Uh, So it was nice to talk to him to see how that's all playing out for him. Yeah, it's a a new frontier in this digital space. There are a lot of rules that are being rewritten or written for the first time. Uh, So it's really interesting to see how he's going about this, creating his own space, digital space, over multiple platforms to get his his information out there. And it's a challenge to be sure. And this is America at its finest, starting your own small business. I'm, I'm always interested when people start their own businesses. Uh, full-time here. So it's a uh, part of Americana and uh, I think he's doing it very well. And I'm uh, looking forward to hearing what he has to say. All right. We'll be right back after this break with Across the Sky podcast in my future. Well, today we have on a special guest that I consider also a dear friend, Mike Witcher, who is owner and operator of East Tennessee Weather, which is an all digital 24 seven weather platform. He's been forecasting for 24 years with 17 of those in Knoxville and also a quick stint on the national platform for Weather Nation. But now, Mike, you started your own venture and it's something that has started to become more relevant, maybe I'd say these days, as people seem to be moving away from the traditional news media outlets of television and towards the digital space. So welcome. We're excited to talk to you about your the new venture that you've taken over the past several months. Well, it's a pleasure and thank you for having me on the uh, on the podcast for sure. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's start with your history. I know I just kind of gave a quick overview of it, but tell us more about where you're from and kind of the background of your career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm born and raised in Denver, Colorado. I uh, never thought I'd actually leave the state of Colorado. Went to, I have a funny, interesting meteorology experience because I kind of not, unlike a lot of meteorologists in the country, I kind of just accidentally fell into meteor- meteorology. So my my original goal was to be an aviator. I wanted to be a commercial pilot. Uh, I got some terrible advice uh, back when I was 17, so I never pursued that, although I currently fly. So I actually finally went back and pursued my aviation a little bit. Uh, but I, I fell in love with TV when I had some... TV personalities come to my high school and, and talk about that. So I was gung-ho. I was like, this is what I want to do. Went to college to be a TV reporter. Uh, I went to the University of Northern Colorado 
or rather university of no credit. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's the funny joke living in the Southeast. Cause if you say UNC here, they think of Chapel Hill. Uh, anyways. Uh, so I went to school to be uh, a TV reporter. I got my first job in Grand Junction, Colorado for the ABC affiliate out there, KJCT as a TV photojournalist. And I loved shooting uh, TV news. I thought it was a lot of fun. Got to be a lot, a lot more creative and editing and whatnot. I uh, fell in love with that. Finally got my foot in the door to do uh, reporting and realized I just didn't like reporting. I didn't like the writing every day. I didn't like the knocking on people's doors. I felt like being behind the camera, it was uh, uh, you, you, could, you could step back away from people and just film it. Or, and, uh, and then you, you create you know, the news out of that. But I had the opportunity to try out for the weekend weather job after uh, our weekend weather person left. And, uh, and I got the job and it was great. And, you know, when you first get in the TV business, they tell you to learn as much as you possibly can. So I was like, this is an opportunity to learn a different aspect of TV, uh, from what I was wanting to do. Uh, well, lo and behold, I tried to get out of TV weather seven times at that TV station. I went into the, the owner of the TV station cause it was a small station. I went into the news director probably seven times over about a three or four month period. You're like, no, just hold on. You're hitting a brick wall. I was like, I'm, I'm lying to people every day. I'm, 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 I'm on the green screen. I'm telling people weather. And I'm out stepping outside going, I don't even know why it's raining outside, to be honest with you. So I don't even know why the cloud's there. I don't know anything. This is not what I wanted to do. Uh, I made a couple promises in my life. One was uh, to never work fast food. Never did that. Uh, the other promise was to actually never go back to college once I finished and graduated. Well, Three months later, I had enrolled myself into the Mississippi State program. Uh, and so I ended up doing online meteorology program through Mississippi State, which was crazy because it was all the dial-up years and uh, my lectures were on VHS because it was the, you know, the, uh, the study abroad, not study abroad, but uh, the online uh, program that they had. And once I started learning about meteorology and how the atmosphere worked and thermodynamics and all that, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, and so that just really set my passion for weather and meteorology in motion. And that's all I've wanted to do ever since. And so I remember back in the day getting the seals or looking at my chief going, you have all these weather seals. I mean, I just started school. This is like the longest road ahead of me to get to where I want to be. Um, and I've made it. Uh, and so I went from Grand Junction, Colorado to the uh, NBC affiliate in Colorado Springs um, at KOAA. And, uh, and then from there, I had just kind of worked my way through it and uh, realized that I wanted to make the next step. And the next step was to do mornings or chief or something like that, or get to a bigger market because that's what you do in TV. Uh, and I knew I couldn't be, you know, settled in Colorado, even though I wanted to get to Denver. Uh, Mike Nelson has been a mentor of mine. He is very well known in the meteorology field, um, across the country, uh, but obviously in Denver. And, uh, and so from there, I found myself uh, taking the morning weather job at, um, at the TV station WBIR in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I remember driving around the country, driving across the country, car full of my stuff, going, what have I done? I'm literally moving to the southeast, the one part of the country that I thought I would never move to, that I promised myself I'd never move to, and, uh, and landed a job and was the longest running morning weatherman uh, in history for WBIR. So that's how I kind of got into meteorology and, and, and whatnot. I did do it. Like you mentioned, I did do a quick stint in Denver. So when we finally had the opportunity to move back home, 
my wife is also from Colorado, but lo and behold, we actually met here. I uh, I took a job at Weather Nation TV, which is based out of uh, Denver, and I worked there for about two and a half, three years. Great platform, great knowledge to learn about you know meteorology across the entire country rather than just your local your local area. Uh, but things weren't working out so well there. So I had, I got a phone call one day and asked if I would come back to East Tennessee and like, lo and behold, my wife and I are moving back across the country <laughs> to my same position I held for almost 10 years prior to moving to Denver. And, uh, then I held that position for six years. Uh, and then this past May, uh, well, almost a year ago, last uh, May of what, 2023, I decided to turn in my resignation and start my own weather company. And that's where I currently sit with East Tennessee weather. Okay. So it's Sean here. And I was doing the television weather stuff for about 20 years in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So everybody who does it and then leaves has a different reason, or there's a subset of reason. So to what extent are you willing to share? What made you decide to make this move that you're going to leave broadcast television and or go into this thing quasi on your own what what motivated that decision what scared you the most uh, about it and it's still early in this decision so i'm not <laughs> going to ask you do you regret it or not because there's still a lot of time but you know what motivated you to say okay i have been, i've spent all this time getting to this point and now i'm going to leave so what motivated that uh, yeah. And that was probably, I will tell you, Sean, that was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made because you're leaving, you know, uh, stability, uh, you know, even though TV doesn't necessarily have a lot of stability as we know it as broadcasters, it's still a staple job. Um, it took me about two hours to actually push send on my resignation. <laughs> and so then my wife finally said, come on, just push the button. Let's go. We've already made the decision. Uh, I will tell you, you know, listen, um, I think it's, it's, that's kind of a loaded question because, I would say probably the main driver of me switching was, A, I've always wanted, wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I knew I've always had that in my head. Um, and so I just never knew exactly what entrepreneurship I wanted to do. Um, but I had done morning TV for almost 20 years, waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And that was the main driver. I was tired. I am tired. I've got an 8- and a 10-year-old now. Um, and as my kids got older, they were putting me to bed and, or I was not getting enough sleep. So I was getting like four or five hours of sleep max a night. Uh, and that at 28 years old is fine in your mid forties. It's not so fine. Uh, and it started really taking a toll where five o'clock in the evening would roll around and the stress level in my house was just skyrocketing. Uh, and my kids were taking the brunt of that and my wife was taking the brunt of that. And so I think that was the ultimate decision that's like, okay, if I can get two more extra hours of sleep, I can actually go to bed when normal people go to bed and still get possibly six to seven hours of sleep. Um, so there, there's that. Uh, but then you look at the, the corporate world. I don't know how much you want me to go into this, but uh, you look at the corporate world of TV uh, and it is a corporation. Um, you know, We're owned by corporate America. And, uh, and I just felt like there were a lot of things that I wanted to do that I had tried to push the TV stations for years to do and they wouldn't do it, you know, whether it be a camera network, uh, to, you know, just little things, little nuances that cost minimal amounts of money to, which is exactly what I'm doing today, 
which really didn't cost me a lot of money to do some of the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, and, uh, and they weren't willing to budge. And I said, listen, everyone's going digital. We need to be more on the digital platform. Uh, we need to be able to show the weather rather than be just presenter showing a radar during severe weather events or, or whatnot. Uh, and nobody listened to me. Um, and it took me about a year to actually finally get management to change the way we did morning TV. Uh, we, for years were, I mean, I had what three weather hits every 30 minutes. Uh, and they would tease and tease and tease and deep tease and deep tease. And I was like, guys, we're doing this all wrong. People are going to go to their cell phones and not even, and then we're going to be a thing of the past. Uh, and we're going to bury ourselves in the ground at this stage of the game. I said, so I came up with a new way to do morning television, to tell a weather story within a 10 minute period, uh, little tiny hits. And uh, they finally bit at it and they said, okay, let's change this. Well, they sort of did, but they still kind of put weather in a certain spot because we know about ratings and, and whatnot. And we have to sit hit certain meters. And so, so just my hands were tied. I couldn't do the things that I think that was really beneficial to our community. Uh, and as I became more passionate over time and over years to do the things that I'm currently doing and they weren't willing to do them, I said, all right, that's fine. I'll go do it myself. So Mike, let's, let's get into that decision, right? Because you did say you have some stability in television, even though the hours, we all know about the hours, you know, I've worked, in, I used to work in consulting before I was here. I worked every holiday, every day of the week, but you know, when you're on your own, it's you and it's <laughs> you. So if there's a tornado at three o'clock in the morning on Sunday, it's also mm -hmm. you, right? So I'm just like, if we can get in your head a little bit more, like you making the jump to own your own business, right? But you have to take into consideration one, the hours in which you're spending on the business and then two, making money, mm -hmm. right? So I guess I'm asking you to kind of go a little bit deeper with, with Sean's question, but how do you, how did you factor in the monetary aspect along with the, Hey, like, I know that this is going to be a grind for a couple mm -hmm. of years until I'm, I'm assuming, but I'm assuming at some point you want to get to the point where you can maybe take your foot off the gas a little bit on the everyday weather stuff. So talk to me about that process. Yeah, you know, it's funny when I uh, I talked to a gentleman by the name of Ben Luna with Tennessee Valley Weather in Southern Middle Tennessee. And and that was one of the first questions he asked me. He said, okay, well, you've always wanted to be chief meteorologist, right? And I said, well, yeah, of course. That's been my goal from day one. All right. Do you want to be head of sales? You want to be chief engineer? You want to be uh, the art department, the marketing department and all these things? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. He goes, Okay, then let's keep talking, uh, because that's ultimately what I'm doing. Um, is uh, and 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 that is the hardest thing. You know, my wife asks me all the time, "When are we going to take a vacation?" I don't have an answer to that yet. What I'm doing does take every single bit of energy and all my time, uh, because while I'm get done with the meteorology aspect of it and the broadcasting aspect of it, I'm out selling. Um, and I'm out meeting people every single day. Day I'm doing school visits. I've got a sale meeting today. I've had a school visit already today. Uh, and so it is uh, very time-consuming and a lot of work. But I've got a lot of business, uh, a lot of friends who are business owners. And I don't think you could ever ask a single business owner, do you not work every single day? No, you work every single day. Um, and so I know, I know it's a grind, and I know it's going to be a grind until uh, it pays off. Um, but I will say that, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is I never wanted to be in sales. I had sales opportunities, uh, opportunities galore 
being a TV, local TV personality to get into like medical sales. I mean, it's an easy walk in the door. And I was like, absolutely not. But I wasn't passionate about those things. You know, I'm passionate about what I do. And I think when you build and develop your own business, you're so passionate about it. It's an easy sell. And then, of course, being a local, quote unquote, celebrity, uh, for lack of better words, it's it's even an easier sell. The sales aspect, I mean, is coming to me. I've had to do very little sales. I think it's one of those things where you just you make the decision to 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 step across the road to go out on your own and you do understand or you hope to understand anyways what that means and what it entails. Um you know we had a really really dry warm fall right when I kicked off which was a blessing in disguise. Because while I started looking at my analytics and looking at numbers, and I was like, oh my gosh, nobody knows where I'm at. Because people don't know where I'm at because I don't, I can't advertise with the TV stations. Uh, and so everything I'm doing right now is word of mouth and organic, but nobody was coming to me because nobody knew where I was. Well, we had a severe weather event and we had some tornado watches and all of a sudden people started finding me. We just had a week's worth of snow. <laughs> Seven consecutive days of snow, of four inches or more on the ground in East Tennessee and Knoxville and that broke a record. This snowstorm really skyrocketed me. And I meet people every day that say, uh, you know, I finally found you. I love the way you're presenting it because uh, because I am a community member. And so that's how I try to treat it. Um, every single day I do live broadcast every morning. We get with, to work with the weather and then I go and have conversations with people. And I'm I just I'm friends with everybody. And and if Kirsten probably knows that, too, I, I, I don't meet a stranger in my life. And so. I like people like, uh, and so I think it's very fitting for what I'm doing, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, it's just one of those things where you just have to know you got to put in the grind. Now with that said, everything I'm doing, I can go on the road. I can grab my laptop, my cell phone and a microphone and I'm gone and I can broadcast really from anywhere. Have I gotten all those pieces figured out yet? I have not. <laughs> There's a lot of pieces to this puzzle, like this audio that. board and these TVs and microphones and cameras and stuff, things that we've all known, but never really done on our own. So um, I think it's just one of those things I'm going to, you know, in due time, um, my goal is to be able to hire an evening person, to be able to hire a morning person. And we work as a team of three. Um, do I want this massive TV company? I don't actually. Uh, but do I need to hire somebody down the road to be able to help take the load off? Absolutely. Uh, and that would be the goal for sure. So I don't know if I answered the question the whole, all the way, but. No, you got it. You're, you, you got it. <laughs> okay. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back on the other side with the Across the Sky podcast. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Weather Call Services. Don't be caught off guard by severe weather. Choose Weather Call. Receive precise location-specific alerts via phone, text, or email. With over a decade of experience, WeatherCall delivers pinpoint accuracy for your exact address, ensuring no surprises. Take charge and stay prepared when ominous skies loom. Explore the WeatherCall difference today. Visit weathercallservices.com slash lee dash enterprises and safeguard yourself, your business, or any school that matters to you. That's weathercallservices.com slash lee dash enterprises. You can also find the link in our show notes. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then 
there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To the Across the Sky podcast. And today we have Mike Witcher who is on. He is owner and operator of East Tennessee Weather. And Mike, we've been talking with you about your background, your career, where you are now your business venture, there may be some meteorologists that are listening to this today uh, and they're thinking, you know, gosh, that just sounds like something I want to do, but I don't even really know where I would start with something like that. Um, and I know you said you were there. I think, you know, that that happens. It can be really scary to leave um, something like a, a big company. So do you mind just kind of going into some of the first steps maybe of what that looked like for you uh, as far as your setup with your weather computer graphics etc yeah absolutely uh yeah i mean it is super overwhelming uh especially once you start figuring out what needs to go in to doing something like this uh because there's a lot of equipment a lot of technology that takes place into providing the information that i'm doing on a day-to-day basis but uh you know i took a trip down to southern middle tennessee again uh where ben luna and tennessee valley weather was doing it and so he invited me to the studio to show me uh, and I recorded the entire tour and the conversation um, and was like, okay, okay, you've got that. Okay, you got, oh, okay, you've got, you've got lights, you've got audio boards, you have that. It was a lot. It was a fire hose of information. And I, I remember driving home because it was like a two and a half, three hour drive or whatever. And I remember driving home saying, okay, I think, I think I can do this. I don't know how much this costs. So let's figure out the numbers and, and whatnot. Um, it's not as much as you would like to think it would be. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I've got a lot of business owners and a lot of friends who are business owners and, uh, and their overhead is incredible, uh, because they have to rent a brick and mortar. They've got constant, uh, turnover of, of, of product that they're constantly having to order and this, that, and the other. And they have a lot of employees just to keep the business up and running. Uh, and so their overhead every month is just astronomical. Mine is not. And so once you figure out the pieces, I will tell you, though, you know, while I left uh, Ben Luna and Eastern uh, Tennessee Valley weather, uh, knowing that this is the route I was going to go. And then it was like kind of trying to navigate to non-compete and the TV station and all these other things. Um, I will have to say that I'm very, very fortunate that not only Ben took the time uh, and many hours out of his days and weeks to help me get this launched. Um, but my brother-in-law is like way up in Apple on the East coast, like the senior systems engineer or higher kind of guy. Uh, so super smart dude. When I told him this is what I was going to do, he literally sent me a note like on the Apple notes, uh, that we can share and, and put information back in there, all the equipment that I possibly could need. So I read over that and I was like, okay, okay, great. This is, this is fine and dandy. Finally, there was a point where I actually reached out to him and I said, hey, listen, will you have a conversation with Ben? Because you guys are both talking a language I don't speak. <laughs> and so like, you know, computer language and, uh, and, and, and infrastructure language. And I was like, I know you sent me all this information and Ben's saying this, but can you guys just communicate and I'll just be a part of the conversation and just listen. And so they did. And we chatted for like an hour, but we got off the phone and my brother-in-law goes, did I send you everything that you needed? I said, actually, you did. <laughs> and so, so then it was just about pricing it out and, and ordering. And then, and like Amazon was just showing up at my house every day. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think if anybody's looking at 
doing something like this and getting a, breaking away from the TV stations, I would say first and foremost, do some research, reach out to people that would be able to help you. I.e., you know, if you need to reach out to Ben, if you want to reach out to me, I would be glad to help anybody uh, break away and start their own thing because it's so refreshing to know that uh, everything that I do is for me and my family, not for anybody else. So as, my, as much as work as I put in is, is, is the reward that I'm going to get out of it. And so, A, you got to be willing to do that. Reach out to the people that can help you that have already started it. Now, there's only like five of us in the country that have started doing this. Uh, there's Mike Kruger in Northern California. There's Nick Pittman in New Jersey. There's Ben Luna. We've got somebody in Nebraska. And there are several more that I think are going to be coming on board here soon. Uh, but I think it's reach out to any of us uh, and to find out the information. It is a lot. It's a fire hose of information, a fire hose of technology and equipment that we've all worked with every day being in the TV stations, but we didn't really work with the equipment, you know? Uh, and so I think it's one of those things where uh, you just need to do your research and and lean on people. I probably would not be doing this if I didn't have all the right people in all the right corners, i.e. I had a friend who was in TV sales. We sat down many a times to talk about the sales aspect of what I'm doing. Uh, I had my brother-in-law in New Jersey who not only is like literally set up my entire operation to what I have now, where I literally have like five computers on this awesome 49-inch curb monitor. Uh, I've got a stand-up desk so I could stand up, my lights move with me, all this kind of stuff to make it where I could do long-form severe weather coverage and be comfortable and have the chat and have the computers and have the cameras and have all the things right here in front of me uh, to to a supportive wife and family. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't do this if my wife Janelle said, ah, just yeah, if she hesitated at all, I would not be here today. She said she was gung-ho and she said, let's go. So you can't do it by yourself. You know, you lean on people to help you out and make sure that those people are willing to, to help you out, which of course, I think if they say from the get-go, uh, they would be willing to for sure. So, uh, and, just, and just do some research and price things out. It's not, it is a lot of money. And I think that's the hard part um, is looking at the financials, which really, like I said, is in the grand scheme of things is really not a lot of money. Uh, the biggest purchase was my weather computer and the data fees. That was the biggest purchase. But this studio that I have, this is the Mike Stevens home studio. I went out and sold the studio. I had some uh, custom home company come to my backyard and build this studio in my backyard. Uh, so like my commute to work is like 10 steps. <laughs> and so, um, and I think that's the thing is you've got to, and, and also realize too, that I think you have to make, in order for this to work, you have to have a little bit of clout in your community. I've been broadcasting in East Tennessee for 16, 17 years. People know me. I was at the number one TV station. People know me. Uh, you know, I don't like to use the word celebrity, but I mean, I guess we are local celebrities. And, uh, and so you have to uh, use that to your advantage, that people know you, people like you, uh, and so use that. So if you don't have that, I don't necessarily know that that's going to be the best. This would be the best operation for that kind of person. Yeah, I could absolutely understand that. I was in one market for about 20 years in western, southwestern Virginia, not too far away from Knoxville, uh, in the Roanoke-Lynchburg market. And, you know, I'm back in my hometown in Richmond, and I still hear from those folks uh, quite often. My, my follow-up, to, to that question for you, though, in terms of being in the community, how do you reach people most effectively? I'm thinking it's mobile, mobile, mobile nowadays. So have you designed an app with your branding? Are you 
doing YouTube streaming? Are you on Twitch? You know, my kids, <laughs> they're 24 and 20. It's Twitch. It's Discord. Forget mm -hmm. Facebook. I mean, they're in a different generation of social media entirely. So are you trying to reach a broad spectrum of demographics? Are you, what is your process here in reaching an audience? Yeah, this is a great question, Sean. Actually, uh, you know, it's interesting because I think the majority of my population when I was on broadcast TV was 55 plus. And so who are the people that follow me on social media on Facebook? 55 plus. <laughs> and so uh, while they're diehards and they're dedicated, that not that's, you know, that's not the audience that um, is going to sustain me uh, over time. And so, yeah, so I, actually I am, um, not only do I have an app uh, and, uh, and all my branding, so I had somebody do my branding for me and, and coming up, that, uh, you know, that's one of the hardest things to do. And probably the hardest thing I've done in this whole venture is coming up with your branding, your look, your feel. So hard. Uh, but finally, when we got through that, uh, so I've got an app. I've got a website. Uh, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Roku TV. I'm on Amazon Fire. Soon to the market would be Apple TV. Um, and, of course, I've got uh, East Tennessee Weather Facebook page and the Mike Witcher TV Facebook page, which, of course, the Mike Witcher TV Facebook page I've been growing over years. Uh, I am broadcasting currently on Twitch. <laughs> so the 24 hour channel is on Twitch. I'm not on discord right now. Um, so I've tried to hit all the digital platforms that I possibly could hit, uh, with what I'm doing. And it's interesting because, um, Twitter or X or formerly known as Twitter, uh, you can now broadcast live there. So when I do broadcasting, uh, and I go live, I am live on I have to add it up like nine platforms, eight or nine platforms digitally, exactly the same way, uh, which is one of my biggest, which was one of my biggest complaints with local TV. They would stick a camera, like a, t a cell phone in front of you uh, for your Facebook live, but really they wanted audience on the TV. And my theory is I don't care where you watch me. It does not matter. As long as you're getting the information that helps you and benefits you and your family, that's all I care about. And so every platform that I am on, it is nearly identical. As well, when I'm live, it is all identical. Uh, and so uh, good audio, good video, good graphics. Doesn't matter where you watch me. That's kind of the story. So yeah, I'm trying to be all digital all the time, uh, anywhere and everywhere. And you know, it's it's a process. You know, I'm trying to build my YouTube channel. Well, I do broadcast my 24-hour live channel on YouTube. I do broadcast my morning live updates, wake up with Witcher there as well. Uh, but the YouTube's, YouTube's going to allow me to broaden my spectrum. And as a meteorologist, do those extra things that we used to do in TV, those, those break-off segments, you know? Well, why are we expecting severe? Go into details and put an extra video on YouTube. Uh, you know, why did we get so much snow this time around? Why is the sky blue? I don't know. You know, all these other extra things that we can break off the normal broadcast, those are going to live on YouTube. And then you'll be able to post to social media and whatnot, which gets shared. And, and people like that kind of stuff. Hey, Mike. So your website versus social media, where is most of your <laughs> traffic coming from? And that's with people. And then, I don't know, is there a revenue split between that? And then my follow-up question for you is, do you get worried at all about the evolution of social media 
And, you know, I mean, we've seen from the news perspective that, you know, Facebook is kind of decelerating news uh, platforms. Twitter has always drawn, you know, people to the app for news, but not necessarily getting you to, you know, other people's websites and the like. So if you could answer those two questions, I think that would be uh, really insightful. Yeah, absolutely. Too. Well, I will say my number one place that people watch me is right here. I have the analytics. Everybody comes yeah. to the cell phone. But that's okay because you can your app though specifically yeah, like your app. app is that what yep. you're saying most okay. people yeah, are on my you. app um i do have quite a few from the cell phone going to like youtube uh but yeah most people are are, are on the app uh it probably would be uh, if i would put them in order right away it would be the app it would be facebook well right now i would say it's probably facebook the app youtube and then the uh the, you know, then Roku and Amazon Fire, and then the website's probably last. Uh, if I were to just off off the cuff, um, based on what I've kind of been watching and whatnot. So I think it's the app 100%. Uh, and that's why I wanted to be able to present the 24-hour channel there. That's why I want to be able to broadcast live there. Um, I can send push alerts saying, hey, listen, I'm live. Boop, you're on your app. Uh, I have people message me all the time. I just sit there and open my phone and watch you every single morning in bed. Uh you know, part of my thing too with what I'm doing is, and 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 I'll go back for just a moment, and then I'll come back uh, here in just a second. But one thing that I really wanted to do is offer an opportunity for people to get the information that they're coming for every day. It has proven to us day in and day out in local TV that the number one reason why people come to local TV anymore is weather. We used to be the sideshow, but now we're actually the main act, uh, and they've proven that to us. And so, and so we need to be able to provide information to people. Uh, but what I was going to say to that is I'm providing a family-friendly, G-rated weather platform. There is no news. There is no anything like that. Uh, and so I tell people that. I said, listen, if you have kids, turn me on in the background, whether it be YouTube or Roku or Amazon Fire or the website or whatever, broadcast your TV, you can leave it on in the back background. I come on in the morning's hours every five minutes with some automation of current conditions, day parts, seven days. Um, and your kids can be in the room. <laughs> so being a parent, and once I became a parent, and as my kids got older, that's one thing that I really wanted to push is give people the information that they want without the negativity of what's in our in, in the news these days. Um, I think COVID definitely helped uh, push things forward on that one. Uh, let's see. What was the other question? The, Oh, about future of social oh, yeah. media and how it relates. To no, it's business. great that you say that. Actually, I'm actually currently getting my website rebuilt. Um, while the, uh, the person that did all my branding and my website from the get go, I realized that a, I don't have any SEO, so I'll never be searched on Google. Uh, and that's huge. If you type in East Tennessee weather, you'll never find me. Uh, because I need to be searchable. So I'm getting my uh, website rebuilt right now due to that fact. So I'm searchable on Google. But part of that is going to be able to obtain and start to get um, email addresses. Because I am, uh, I've got a really good friend um, who is used to work as a marketing director in local news. She's broken off. She's retired now. But she does a lot of TikTok on marketing. And that's one thing that she pushes every week is Social media could drop in two seconds. And what do you have left? You have nothing. Unless you're obtaining emails and making sure people are coming to the other platforms, 
that is where you need them. And so that's my goal. While right now, if you look at all my platforms, they're all pretty identical. Like there's really no reason for somebody to come to my website right now versus the app because they're identical. Uh, that is changing. Uh, so I'm working on that changing right now because I need to have some stuff on my website that's not available on the app to draw people to my website. That's smart. That diversification, yeah. right, is uh, is the key to success. Um, last question from me. So uh, I actually, uh, there's a program called Social News Desk. You're mm -hmm. probably familiar with it. allows you to post things out to multiple platforms. But you can also run reports on you know your page, comparing it to other people. So I have a list of about 20 people I follow in New Jersey. But I did add you <laughs> a couple uh -oh. of weeks ago, actually. And no, no, no. Well, it's, a, it's a good thing because... Uh, you know, you look at the per fan engagement and you actually lead all the 20 or so people that I follow really? on Facebook. You have the number one per fan engagement. Um, so yeah, kudos <laughs> to you. So, you know, when it comes to your style, because you're the way I, I look at your, your stuff is it's still, you know, it's a, you know, you're doing social media, you're out there. It's in a traditional newscast style in the sense that you still got the suit on. I know you do your orange suits for Tennessee <laughs> volunteer football and everything. And you got the green screen and all that set up. So it's working for you. And I'm curious to see, is that, is that, do you think that's the key to success? You know, giving people that familiarity of that traditional news broadcast, but doing it in that digital and social space, or is there something where you're thinking of, hey, I really want to shake, you know, the way I'm doing things up in the future? Just could you relate those uh, uh, to me? Because you do have very good success, at least on Facebook and I'm sure on other yeah. platforms with connecting with the individual user. Right. Uh, great question. And I will say that, um, well, first of all, I don't have a green screen. <laughs> I have a hundred inch. Well, I have a wall, right? yeah. I have a hundred inch TV screen, but uh, I decided to go away from the green screen because you can't do as much with that. I can back my camera up and shoot interviews with that, uh, with the, with the TV monitor, whatnot. Uh, so I broke away from that. Plus it's TV was more expensive, but it's cheaper in the long run because you don't have to buy as much equipment. But, um, I will say that, you know, from the get go, I've had a couple things that I wanted to do. Number one was I wanted to be clean like Apple. I've said this from the day one. You go into an Apple store, how clean and easy is it to find things that you need? Super clean. So that was goal number one. I wanted to be clean like Apple. You go to websites all over the country, news websites. You don't even know what's theirs and what's not theirs. It's just loaded with junk and advertisements. I didn't want that. I wanted to be a little flashy like YouTube. That's uh, hence this background and the microphone. Um, I wanted to be a little flashy like YouTube. Now, my goal was not to dress in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> my goal was to be way more relaxed. I was tired of wearing a suit every day. Um, but after a lot of conversation with my wife and my friends and just people in public, um, I ask people all the time. And the thing is, is what we came to is what you exactly said is that people know me in a suit. People and so and so while I was trying to capture my audience that watched me for so many years, I felt like I needed to be a little bit more professional. Like my wife said too, she said, We have 20 million people that come into our backyard for the Smoky Mountain National Park every year. If I can capture just a small percentage of those people every year, then I'm winning. Uh, and that's my goal. So what style do I need to be in? 
casual. I literally went to the store and bought all this like business cash attire because that was my goal. But being a broadcaster too, it's kind of twofold because being a broadcaster too, I felt weird being in front of a green screen, so to speak, <laughs> like not in a suit. <laughs> and so it's almost like the IFB yeah. thing, you know, like every time I went Don't to a wedding, it. I always felt like I had to pull my IFB out because I had a suit on. It's like, you just get used to these things that we've done for so many years. And I wanted to break out of that. Um, I have not yet, but that was the goal from the get go. I will do severe weather coverage in a shirt, just like this. I will not be in a shirt and tie for severe weather coverage. Uh, I've already told my viewers that. So just expect me to come out here, jump on because I can be outside and in the studio and live with literally within five seconds. Um, and so uh, so I will probably cash it down for like severe weather events, but the traditional get in front of the green screen type of thing. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I probably needed to do that that way. Now I don't wear a full suit. I actually wear, uh, I actually wear sandals like flip flops every day. Um, and I just wear a pair of khakis. I sometimes have jeans on, uh, because you can't see, you know, from here up. <laughs> or from here down. <laughs> no, and that's fine. And I'm not saying one way is better than the yeah. other. I'm just, uh, or just curious, you know, with the style, but it's, like I said, it's definitely working for you on Facebook. You're leading my, my group of 20 people. So <laughs> I'd be curious to find out who those going. 20 people are. <laughs> um, I, I can share you that. Perfect. After perfect. <laughs> yeah. The goal was to be a little bit more casual, but here I am. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming on today. It was, it was great having you listening more about what you're doing uh, and kind of being a, one of the pioneers of uh, how things are evolving, I guess, with broadcast meteorologists. So thanks so much for sharing your story. Yeah, absolutely. I will say one other thing, uh, you know, there is, you know, while there is some competition, A, in my market and maybe in some other markets across the country, um, one thing that I wanted to say is that, uh, you know, East Tennessee weather is 100% free. I don't think people should pay for weather information. It's important information to people. I had a lot of friends saying, hey, listen, just charge a dollar for the app. No, I'm not charging anything. It is literally all going to be based and built by the local community and it needs to be 100% free because weather information is super, super important to know. Welcome back to the Across the Sky podcast. Great talking with Mike. Really interesting to see kind of his venture on what it took, uh, you know, to make that jump to get to where he is now. And uh, I think it's just interesting talking to someone who has that entrepreneurial mindset uh, and, and, you know, kind of just takes that leap of faith because it can really be scary, especially when you've been working for a company, you kind of have that cushion for so many years of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think about what we're doing, right? I mean, I don't think we could do what we are doing 20 years ago because the cost of production for videos and even audio was so much higher. You know, you had the TV studio, you needed the TV studio, you needed a way to get it out to in television's case, onto television and getting it on live streaming on the internet. I mean, even going back to 2005, right? It's still very new uh, concept. But as camera quality has gotten better, as smartphone and computer technology has gotten so much better, you know, we were at the point, you know, the press of Atlantic City to hire someone in 2014 to do videos on our website just with a camera, a television, and pretty much Photoshop. And you could do it. And what we're doing now, basically another 10 years after that, is getting this out onto social, doing a podcast, using a, a computer graphic system that 
sometimes it's in our house. I mean, I know for a lot of you, if you know, if you're listening, you're not in the weather world, but if you ask a meteorologist, hey, could you get a barren system or a max graphic system? That's what puts up all those graphics on your screen. And to have it in your house, you think you're crazy. I'm resting my leg on it right now at my house. It's it's incredible. And Mike's pretty much in the same boat. So the cost of production has come down to such a point where you can start your own business and do this. There's, of course, inherent risks in it, right? You're on your own. But you at least have the opportunity to make it happen. And like we said at the end, you know, Mike is at least connecting with his, his followers on Facebook extremely well. And I'm sure that'll just set them up for more success. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, Joe. Communications technologies uh, in terms of video, audio, they have come down in price so much. They're easily uh, easily affordable to, to most people compared to 20, 25 years ago. And to say nothing else, of 20 to 25 years ago, the weather data was a lot harder to get a hold of also, before the internet really just blew up at the end of the 1990s, it was a lot harder to get the weather data necessary to put together a forecast in the first place, to say nothing else of presenting it in a graphically appealing format. So without question, it has changed dramatically over the past 20 to 25 years. Yeah, it definitely has. Uh, and I think we've only kind of seen the start of it, um, you know, as much change as we've seen. I'm sure there's more to come. Uh, and, you know, like everything, it's just it's just continues to evolve. And I think trying to make sure that you're getting out to the audience, the audiences that you want to, right? Because you have different uh, ages and demographics depending on which outlet it is. I mean, we were talking about mm -hmm. Facebook being, you know, the 55 and plus crowd. And then you have TikTok. And what was the other one? Twit. Twit. <laughs> Clearly, I'm on Twitch. I don't even know what it's called. Twit. Find Kirsten yeah, on Twitch. Which, yeah, exactly. Which is, of course, the younger crowd. So it's it's kind of that balance, too, of just make, you know, trying to make sure that you are getting out to that audience on all different uh, platforms. But it was great talking with him to see what, uh, what he's been doing uh, with all of this. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We have much more for you in the coming weeks, and we're glad that you tune in and listen to us on the Across the Sky podcast. Have a great one.